Conte, who is now in at Tottenham, back in English football today. Welcome into the Tottenham Depot. I am your host, Andrew. You can follow me at Aestetka. You can follow us at Tottenham Depot. Got a kind of a disappointing result to talk about today. Tottenham Hotspur 2, Southampton 3 at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Back into Premier League action for the first time at home in quite a while. First time since Boxing Day for Spurs. And I've got Scott and Todd here to talk about this one with me. Uh, I have a feeling this is going to be a a pretty big picture conversation and hopefully a level-headed one. Uh, Scott is at DSM Spurs. He's out there in the Pacific Northwest. Scott, what's going on, mate? Not much, man. It's coming off an interesting result and work day here here in the Pacific Pacific uh, Northwest. And yeah, whatever you know. We've also got the Todd Father at TC underscore Kashow. Todd, how are you, mate? Gentlemen, any day that you get to talk about Spurs with uh, with your good mates is a good day, even when they play like hot fucking garbage for the majority of the match. So it's good to, good to see you guys, and uh, and and I'm happy to have that big picture conversation with you because fuck the small picture is ugly today. Yeah, yeah, the the, the short term is bad. We're also going to hear from uh, from our good friend Shuban later on in the podcast. Uh, he sent us in a little little bit of his thoughts from all the way from Bangladesh, which is kind of let's cool. go shoes. Um, Shubham stayed up. This 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 match kicked off. I believe it was like two a.m. local time for him around then, something like that. Punch. And uh, he was up in the middle of the night watching this one, and then sent us in some thoughts. So we'll hear from Shuban a little bit later on as well. Um, guys, this was the same exact lineup, if I'm not mistaken, as Spurs rolled out there against Brighton in the FA Cup this past weekend. Um, which I guess is not too surprising. Um, I, I thought we might end up seeing Rodrigo Bentecourt or Dejan Kulisevsky start, um, but both of those guys ended up coming off the bench. Um, Scott, let's let's start with you on this. I guess just first impressions of, of the lineup and kind of how Spurs played to start this game because this was a, I don't know, from, the, from jump, this seemed to be a really wide-open match. Yeah, man. I mean, I think the, the obvious one for me – and it's probably more of my bias was, was I would have preferred to have seen Ventiker start. Uh, you know, I think we can get into the impact he made. Not not 100% positive, I'll say, but primarily positive, right? But, I, you know, I think so that, that one was kind of a head-scratcher for me. But at the same time, I can also understand as, as a new guy, you know, as well as we performed against Brighton, PH and, and Winks wasn't a, a horrible option either. I was like upset by that, but I would like to see Ventiker start. Other than that, with no Dyer, I mean, the back line, we all kind of could have assumed it was going to be what it was in the front three as well. Um, and then I think anytime Regulon and Emerson are fit and match ready, you know, and I don't necessarily mean injury free, but, but fit and match ready, they're going to start, right? So I wasn't surprised by much of anything. Um, you know, and I think as much as it was important that we got these two guys in in this window, our starting 11 today. And the fact that we all kind of assumed what it was going to be shows me that we still have some work to do. So, Todd, to me, the big difference between this match and the match on Saturday against Brighton uh, in the FA Cup was the play of, and, and this is kind of, I guess, where we, we kicked this conversation off, was the play of the right side of the defense with Davison Sanchez and Emerson Royale. 
Uh, I don't think either of those guys played very badly. In fact, I think I said on uh, following Saturday's match, the Emerson Royale performance from Saturday against Brighton was, I thought, his best one uh, at Spurs. And I thought it was his first great performance. It was the complete opposite end for me today. And I think the combination of him with Davison Sanchez, for me, was was the real bugaboo of, of, of this day, if you want to pick out individuals. Well, I think that you also kind of have to throw in the Winks combination to that. So essentially, if you're looking at that three, you're looking at Winks, Sanchez, and Royale. Uh, and, and that... Um, Let's just call the 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 performance from Royale at the weekend an aberration because uh, I think that we saw uh, him revert to kind of standard form. Same thing with with, uh, with Davidson Sanchez. I think that this is the poorest Davidson Sanchez that we've seen since Antonio Conte took over. Um, but this is not the poorest and dance poorest Davidson Sanchez that we've ever seen. So I mean, you kind of you kind of look at it for what it is, right? Um, but I think we have to eventually expect more out of these guys i just don't know if it's time for that yet scott i'm not ready to necessarily talk about individuals on the field today and, and where the fault lies you know in regards to specific individuals tactics beat us today single-handedly i i mean we they, we look at sanchez and emerson and if I'm Ralph Hustle Hustle, whatever his name is, right? It's no disrespect to you, Ralph. I just can't pronounce your last name correctly. But if if I'm him, I'm looking at Tottenham and I'm saying, well, if I can find a way to expose Sanchez and Emerson, a good chance I can go get, get a result here, right? And that's exactly what he did. So they pressed so well. I mean, that was the most organized press I've seen in a while. And I don't watch many teams outside of Tottenham in the Premier League, right? But that was a very organized press, in my opinion. I think that they made they made Sanchez be the one who was going to get the ball off the back line primarily, right? And anytime Romero found a way to do that, we got the ball up the field well, right? But they really suffocated uh, Romero. They really suffocated Davies, who are both pretty good with the ball at their feet. And they made sure Sanchez was going to be the one to have to progress the ball. And the midfield did look good. But, like, as a, as a CDM myself by trade, when you cannot get control of the ball – and your back line cannot get the ball forward and they're suffocated and you and you have no press resistance, it's very challenging and it's frustrating and you start running around like a fucking idiot. You start finding yourself out of position. You start overcompensating by trying to show for balls that you really shouldn't be showing for, and it gets nasty. Like I've lived that not at the Premier League level, but consistently, <laughs> right? Um, it's a real thing. And so, and so I just think they, they fucking executed to a T today. And it beat the shit out of us. And again, we have some good players. We have some not so great players. We have work to do to improve the squad still. And Southampton did a fucking excellent job of exposing our weaknesses. And we really missed Eric Dyer. We really, really missed Eric Dyer today. Not because of Dyer being a better defender than Sanchez, but because Dyer can resist the press so much better than Dominic Sanchez can and it beat us to this. So, so I guess my, my underlying question, and I think the underlying question for the, you know, the, the, the novice, the, the, the dumb, dumb, and I'm going to play the dumb, dumb here is why did it work so well on Saturday against a team like Brighton? And why didn't it work today against a team like Southampton? Because I, you know, again, as the dumb, dumb, I look at those two teams and say, they're probably about on the same level. I'm not, uh, you know, we could probably nitpick and go through and, and say this, this team has this player and that makes them a little higher, but 
but on on the on the whole you would think that those two teams are about on the same level of you know dangerous um maybe i'm maybe i'm wrong there but i i think that a lot of people will be asking what worked so well saturday that didn't work today well so there's there's two points and 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 both are a little subjective so i'm gonna go ahead and and, and preface this with that one it was pissing rain today like nasty 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 pissing rain and it's easy i it's not easy to lose your man but it's easier to lose your man in inclement weather than it is when it's clear outside because you don't hear them as well um so there's definitely that the second portion is and, and this is just my opinion i've been banging on about this i fucking talked about it in the pregame talked about it in game as it was happening this will be the third pot in a row after southampton that i've talked about it james ward prowse is was the best player on the pitch today and so he good man he made us pay dearly and if it weren't for hugo's nastiness he would have had yeah. another one so anyway we it's if you don't account for james ward prowse you're going to lose for southampton and antonio conte learned that today Yep. I'm 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 glad you brought up Hugo because obviously you know the guy faced um, what was it like something like oh, it was more than 20 shots today. He I mean, stood on his head today. He stood on his head and and ended up still giving somehow giving up three goals. Um, obviously not all of them, not even any of them really his fault. Uh, he he faced the, the 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 point blank shot a couple just a couple moments into the game, um, and that kind of that put me right on the edge of my seat right away where I thought. Oh, okay. They're Southampton's coming to play today. They didn't come to just kick the ball around with us uh, and have a fun time. They they yeah. got out there and, and got after it right away. What was surprising to me, I guess, was that Spurs were the were the one to take the lead early on with the the goal that ends up ends up being a, a Benaric own goal. Um, but Spurs, I thought, didn't you know didn't have the better of the play in that first half whatsoever, um, and were level at one one. You know, a little fortunate, I thought. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I think it took Southampton about 10 minutes to settle into what they were trying to do for sure. Right. And there was even a point in the first 10 minutes where I said in our chat, like, dude, we're going to fucking smash them today. Like five, six goals, smash them. Right. Boy, was I wrong. But Southampton took, took their 10 minutes to find, to find their feet. And they, again, found a way to do what they wanted to do. And I think back to your question and to add on to what Todd said, you know, I think, I think, and this is all to say, just such credit to Southampton. And again, we were good, but Brighton is a team that's going to, yes, they're going to take it to you. Yes, they're going to be on the front foot, but Brighton's going to execute the same game plan every game. And they're just like Potch. Potter's just like Potch. I'm not adjusting to you. I'm taking this down your throat. Adjust as you as you wish, right? Like that's the Potter approach where today Southampton, in my opinion, they were only focused on the press. They came today to to press like that's all they did, and the the rest of the footballing came from from just playing football, right? So if I'm Hassan Huddle, I tell my team, what we're doing in this game is we're executing this very specific pressing system. When you win the ball, just go play football. You've all done it for 20 years. Like that's literally what happened today, right? They were free flowing. They were they were they were relaxed on the ball. They just came today to win the ball back and then play soccer. Like, and that's a little bit different than Brighton, in my opinion, right? So um, I'm just extremely impressed by Southampton and the way they came to play soccer today. Again, we were fucking terrible, but it was because of how good they were that we were so bad. It just, like, exacerbated our badness. Um, and here we are, right? Is, is there any argument to the fact that – you mentioned this earlier, Scott, that 
that this game was lost tactically. Should should Antonio Conte have have favored a three five two today over the three four three? Should he have tried to do something in midfield? Because I felt like the game changed obviously when when Bentoncourt came on for Pierre Emil Hoybier. It really seems like Spurs actually got themselves a foot in and, and, and were able to get a grasp on the game once they had something more in the midfield. Had they come out with, with three midfielders instead of just the two, does that make a difference? But you say that, but then we ended up getting beat like a drum on the back line for two late goals. So did it? Well, I, I, yeah. I think it did. I think it did. When, when, when Betancourt came in, you don't think that, for, that from 60 minutes on, Spurs had more control of the game? I mean, Spurs took the going forward after that. Yes. Going forward. Going yes. forward, yeah. But then we got roasted on the back line. I think PEH's yeoman-like work covering the back line goes unnoticed regularly and gets missed when he's not there. Yeah, so you think I, there's, I a reason, before, there's a reason why he plays almost every Premier League minute, Andrew. That's interesting. Yep. You you think you think those two goals then were more on the fact that they were getting, you know, getting through the midfield rather than mistakes being made on the back line by the back line being pulled apart. So what I would say is that all, like like with everything, all things are connected. In sure, this regard, of course they right? are. Right, of course. So I think that the defensive rotation was such that our back line got left on islands more often than not without Peh in the lineup because of his yep. natural ability to kind of anticipate where the ball is going to go in defensive rotation. We really miss that, especially when you have a guy like Benzikur who's who's going to be on the front foot and looking to progress as opposed to the opposite. Um, I thought he was exceptional. I thought he did very well today. I'm not going to take – I thought he was a, a, absolutely a bright spot. <clears throat> but I think what this was actually crying out for was Bentaker PEH rather than uh, Winks PEH. And I understood at the time it made sense to pull PEH for Bentaker. But if we could have done it all over again, I think you start Bentaker with PEH there, and that changes things. I was having the same conversation before we started recording that I, I was very surprised by him bringing on Bentacore for PH. I think I thought for Winks would have made a lot more sense because I think what I see, what I see with Winks is that he is, he, he, he's not a defensive midfielder. He's a deep lying ball progressor, a deep lying playmaker. He, he can progress the ball very well. And I think that's why he's still at first. Right. And didn't, didn't move on in this window, but he's a deep lying ball progressor. Bentaker is a ball progressor, in box-to-box fashion, in my opinion, right? And mm-hmm. so we found ourselves in a situation where we had two guys trying to progress the ball, and it cost us at the back, right? Like, the the double pivot, I think, you know, it's – all I'll say is it's very fucking complicated, right? And I'm not going to, like, try to come off all pious and shit, but, like, the du- the double pivot, you know, it without a, without a very thorough knowledge of the game, it's very hard to understand how much balance – lies in that double pivot right a two-man midfield's tricky we were so lucky to have Musa Dembele as part of our double pivot for so long because that makes it so much easier to do it but it's so hard and today Bentaker and Winks just didn't have the right balance for that to run that double pivot in my opinion it's very challenging like we're missing Skip big time Skip and Bentaker will be the perfect balance when it comes to the double pivot we're looking for PH is going to have to play second fiddle to Skip in my opinion and and Winksy to Bentaker we're going to see a lot of that um, now, and I don't want to say second fiddle because PEH will will play a lot of minutes and have a very important role. Um, but Skip, we're missing him, right? Um, and so that's all it was for for me today. We tried to force things. We got carved up. the The two goals that came from those crosses, I think it's because the midfield a little bit exposed and stretched out, and 
it makes it really hard on Sanchez and Emerson when that happens. And it was just a total mashup of, of, of us getting beat in the midfield. I, I, I think, I think it's an Straight interesting thing. You, I think it's an interesting thing you just said there with, with, with the skip and, and Hoybier conversation and pairing, which one of those you pair with Benjicor. And I'm interested to get Todd's thoughts on that. But, but even, even before that, I'm, I'm curious if, and, and everybody's been kind of calling out for three, five, two, three, five, two. I'm curious if there's a way you can play all three of those guys and eliminate a guy like Lucas Mora from the lineup. Um, and this is, I think, another guy I wanted to point out today. I thought Lucas, despite the beautiful cross he had on the sun goal, I thought Lucas had another kind of rough game uh, overall. I don't think, I, I, I mean, just from an overall standpoint, I don't think Lucas played as well as we've seen him capable of playing, and that's just his form right now. I'm curious that, and obviously it would depend on the matchup, it would depend on the circumstances, it would depend on health. It would depend on a lot of things, as all things do. But I'm curious if we will ever see a scenario where you get Winks, PEH, and Bentoncore, three guys who you wouldn't think of as as uh, creative or offensive threats, but guys who could all progress the ball in different ways and can all you know do something defensively, playing with 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 Son and Kane uh, up ahead of them. What, yeah, and I mean you guys have been pressing like for that? this. You guys have been pressing for the three five two for or the the three five two for a while, and I appreciate that. But we're not getting a consistent enough play from our wingbacks, in my opinion, going forwards and backwards in order to play that formation regularly. So, I mean, hopefully, we'll be able to to get to that potentially because the idea of having Kane and Sonny just work off of one another up front is obviously sal you know it makes your mouth water. But um, uh, it's it's tough to say because on paper in Dombele and Lacelso and PH make the perfect three man midfield and that shit just didn't work. So like I don't fucking know, Andrew. I don't know. Yeah, yeah we don't have a cam. That I'll just jump in really quickly. We don't really have a guy to play in the one behind the two anymore. Like um our best cam is Kane. Yeah, seriously. And that's that's where I don't think we'll see the three five two like the rest of the season. We don't have the personnel for it anymore. And I think we, we, it's interesting. Conte rolled the dice real, real tough when he, when he let Delhi PH or sorry, Delhi Tongi and Giovanni leave. Like those are the only three guys that can play that role. So that pretty much was him dr- dropping the mic and saying, we will no longer be playing a three, five, two in my opinion. Well, right? I, I mean, it's you also say, the you reason why Harden White sees the bench. You say that, but they weren't playing that role. None of them were stepping up and grabbing that role, you know, by by by. But the when we collar. used it, that one of them was there. Like Tongi was the last. Tongi started the last time we played a three-five-two. Like I don't think Lucas is like the viable long-term option there. I don't. I think that's just like a square peg in a round hole to try to make a formation work at that point, right? I think. I think where we're getting to is Kuluseski and Kane flank and Sun flanking Kane is where we'll get to. And I think here's one thing. I love Lucas Mora to death. Lucas Mora doesn't score nearly enough goals for somebody who's going to play in a front three. And I love him. Don't get me wrong. And he plays a very important role for this squad. And I think he can do a lot without scoring goals for sure, especially with Kane and Son, right? You're always going to play off of them. But Kulu's, I think Kulusevsky is a little bit, just a little bit more of a killer than, than Lucas is, right? And, like, and Lucas scores big goals. So it's hard to say they're, he's not a killer. But like, it's the physicality piece. It's the thing is, yeah. is that we watch Lucas hit the ground more often than we watch Lucas complete a pass. 
and, yeah. and, and that's know, on, on a break, I mean, I especially. Yeah. And yeah, it's interesting watching Kulisevsky like work today, Scott. I absolutely agree with you. I think that he's way more suited for the Premier League long term than Lucas Mora, even though we've been trying to play Lucas there for an extended period of time. Dude, you send Lucas to Germany, Italy, Spain. He's going to play really well, in my opinion, right? Like, and that, I think that's some of this too. We talk about that with a lot of players, but and not to take anything away, Lucas is great. Again, I can't stress it enough. Like, I don't want him gone. I want Lucas everywhere around the squad, but I also don't think that he will continue to start once Kulisevsky bez into the squad. I, I think you guys are both going to have a lot of Lucas heads on your case for for the last you know minute and a half. I, I think Lucas showed his capability on the assist to son's goal today. I just think it's not consistent enough to be, you know, every minute in the premier league to kind of player. I think overall he's, he, he, he contributes. I mean, he, he the guy's got, you know, how many assists does he have this year? He might not be banging in the goals, but he's contributing yeah. to them. Yeah. Um, I'd be curious just, to see his assist. Yeah. He's got, it's, I mean, so he's got two on the year in the league. Um, I would have but, thought it was you know, more. And, is, and does that yeah, include today? I don't know if that's I don't know if that's counting today's to be fair. Yeah. Uh, I, well, I just honestly, I thought like, I, I thought I thought he showed and I look look I was in our group chat I was kind of hammering on Lucas is having another another kind of stinker of a game and then he put that assist into Sun. And that's one play in a moment which is which is great. I still stand by that I don't think he had a great game. Well, look, but I also think that that you know it that's just what we see out of Lucas. We see these dips in form and and to be fair we see these from Sun as well on the other side at times. He he dips his inform at, at times and then it comes back up. Well, the one thing that I will say about Lucas, and I want to be there, there's there's three specific points, shocker, that I want to share here. Uh, the first one is um, he scores in every competition that he plays in. That's the number yeah. one thing. So you say that he doesn't score enough goals, but he scores every time that he, like like in every competition that he plays in. So I didn't I didn't say that. You you guys were you guys no, were you said I you did. specifically said he he doesn't score enough goals to warrant. I was echoing your guys' point. I say I'm saying he's he's banging assists. He's contributing. I, I said he's not okay. been playing well of late. So that's fair enough. So he's got this year. He's got six goals and six assists in all comps for us. So and, and I mean it's I think that's some of the awful. best. That's standard Lucas production. If you think yeah, about it, no. that's we're we're going to see somewhere between six and ten goals. We're going to see somewhere between six and ten assists from Lucas, and we're going to be thankful for it every year. I mean, that's just kind of that's who the guy well, is. It, He's great in the locker room, but is he that? Is he a comparable answer to a Salah or oh, a Sterling no. or but I, but I somebody on I that right good. wing? I think he's good doing something like what Bergvine did today, coming off, coming on late and running it at people. Um, I, I think that's where he is most well suited. Coming on after seventy-five minutes and using those last fifteen to just go at people and use and be in the Energizer Bunny. And that's a that's that's a reference that many many of our younger listeners may not get, but um, <laughs> you know he, he's 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 going to come at you late in the game when you got tired legs, and that's that's. A scary proposition. Well, yes, yes, I agree. And 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 the biggest point here is that, like, I think, and and again, not talking to you guys openly here, but I think like we always talk about he's not going to start Kulisevsky. I said that like you have to have like six players for a front three. Of course, Lucas is going to play a shit ton of minutes. We all know this, right? Lucas is great off the bench. Lucas is very important to the squad. I could go on and on and on, right? But the goals to minutes ratio is not terribly impressive, is what I'm getting at here. That's okay. 
but I think we're going to want to see a little bit more of an efficient goals to minutes ratio from somebody who's starting in our front three every single week, right? Like if you can get the productivity from your wingers that you get, not, I shouldn't say Salah and Mane, because that's a very much a, a crazy well, but example. That's, that's, right? the moonshot, but, that's the moonshot goal though. But yeah, I mean, ultimately, if you're going to play a front three, you've got to get production from those two guys that flank your strikers. So like, that's kind of what we're looking for. Lucas is fine. I love Lucas to death. Um, Lucas is not a cam. It's kind of what started this conversation, right? right like right, we're going right. to play a three. And I don't three. know how, yeah. And I don't know how yeah, we've yeah, gone yeah. into <laughs> a, a Lucas rabbit hole, but uh, I, look, I, I think when it comes down to the, the, the big picture surrounding this game, and that's kind of what we intended to have on, on, on this game. I think it comes down to Southampton playing about as well as they are capable, which I, I think we have to recognize that they did that. Yeah. They, they played a probably I think I think uh Hassan Hodel actually said it after the match. I think he said this is the best that he's seen this club play since he took over, which is is really saying something. And and I think that's I think that's an important thing to note. And I think it's a, a matter of Spurs not taking their chances, multiple chances really. You've got the the Cudi Romero goal uh whistled for offside, rightfully so. It, that's one of those chances where if he has a little bit more discipline on the line, and it's hard to do, I get that. But if you've got a little bit more discipline and you're able to stay on on side there, the cross was so good, and the and 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 your header was so so there, and you're gonna get there in time. That that's one of those missed opportunities. You've got the the Reggion chance about the 15, 16 minutes in. My goodness, like you've got to you've got to put that thing in the back of the net. Reggion, it, it this has been the look. He's a left he's a left back. He's he's not a finisher. I get that, but like we got it. We got to put that thing away. Um, you get the Bergvine offside, you know, goal uh, late on, which we all thought for a moment we were going to get another Leicester City type of of deal there for a second. Um, multiple, multiple chances that happened to go the wrong way against Spurs, and just the fact that Spurs didn't, you know, again, it comes down down to defensive mistakes and and having it a little bit wrong tactically, and frankly. You know the injury stuff is is a factor here too. You're missing Skip, you're missing Dyer. Those are two really big pieces in the you know through the middle of your of your quote unquote defense. That um, yeah, that's your spine that 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 really got torn apart uh, even further today. So I think when you when you pile up all of these factors, I I said to you guys uh, before we even logged on here, you know I came away from this game not really brokenhearted not really like tearing my lack of hair out um i i felt like i didn't learn anything new about this club that i didn't already know the the, the problems that i knew were there are still there and spurs kind of played a crappy game and and it's a it's a crappy midweek fixture and and we move on i think the real thing that people are feeling is that oh you had a real opportunity to to kind of kick on and and really fight for this this fourth spot and now all of a sudden you still find yourself now get granted games in hand, but you still find yourself four, four full points out. Um, you could have really launched yourself into the, into that conversation with more authority. If you at least got a result today, let alone three points and they weren't able to do that. And that, that kind of sucks. Sure. Andrew. And I mean, I know that you want to like take the, the very pragmatic approach to this. And, <laughs> and, and I certainly appreciate this. There's clearly way more hyperbole than that on the bird app. And there was more hyperbole than that in the group chat prior to this discussion. Um, this was a, a, a gut wrenching loss. This one sucked a lot. And the reason why is because we felt like both of those laid on goals were, were needless. And, uh, 
I mean, honest to God, the, the Ben Davies mistake that led to that second goal for them was just, I, I mean, you just want to throw up a little bit in your mouth. And so individual errors FC is what we've been talking about here on this particular podcast since its inception, Andrew. And I think it's the same old tune. Um, I don't want to point fingers here in terms of, of individual performances. I think we were collectively shit in certain phases of the game. Um, I think we can point to, I think you can point to, to, to good performances too, though. Like there there were some of those. Sure. And honestly, the, uh, the cane ball to the Lucas for the sunny goal was, was poetic. It was beautiful. Which ironically Um, enough was also started by Davidson Sanchez who had, we think had a bad game. No, Davidson Sanchez, Davidson Sanchez had a bad game. Uh, we're just going to call it what it is. You can't give away the ball 17 times individually and, and not have a bad game. Sorry. And for, and for that matter, it was it was started by an Emerson, a controversial Emerson Royale header that that could that he very easily could have been called a foul and and had the whole thing wiped away as well. Which I thought I, mean, I was a little I was a little surprised that it wasn't. But like those guys started that that run to get that that sun goal that that you know gave Spurs the lead early on. Okay, and then like ten minutes, and and then ten minutes later, they completely forgot that they were playing defense on 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 a football pitch and gave away two late goals to lose a Premier League match that would have been really, really beneficial for us to hold on to. Um, It's unfortunate, and it hurts the same way that I'm sure it uh, hurts for Leicester City to uh, take that Steven Bergvine to L and then bounce in the cup by Nottingham Forest. Uh, you know what I mean? Like it's what we do from here with this information, with this L is really going to be the telling thing about a Conte side. This isn't, this is the type of, of loss in my opinion, that sticks with Conte. Like he, he tosses yeah. and turns about this one. Dude, Conte got smacked around by Ralph Hassan Hodel Hall today. <laughs> I'm trying guys. <laughs> Hassan Conte Hassan Hodel. Conte pulled the dude's pants down and spanked him in front of 70,000 people today. And Conte will, will not like that. Um, and that shit happens. And Conte has some pretty shitty guys on his team. Like, yes. I, I, I started the show by saying I'm not here to, like, talk about individual performances because we got tactically fucking owned today. But Sanchez is not very good. Like, I'm not saying he is. I'm just saying – they were super, uh, just perfectly effective at isolating him and making him be as bad as he could be. Like, t- trust me, it's exactly what happened. And I'm not saying trust me like you were going to – I'm not I'm not trying to be like that, but, like, that's literally what fucking happened today. He saw every, he saw every opportunity to expose our serious weaknesses, and he did it very well today. Yeah. Um, and, and it's also yeah. just important so to point that? out that, like – players players have bad games and the other team tries too. like i know that's i know that's the yeah. pragmatic approach and the pragmatic response that todd doesn't want to hear but like the other team tries too, and they tried really well today and they 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 like you said uh they kind of spanked us uh up and down yeah i mean honestly like you you're in a situation as sanchez as as winks as romero as davies today where you get the ball and you have two tenths of a second to do the right thing yeah, they pressed the hell out of them. Like it's yep. fucking hard, dude. It's fucking it's hard. hard. It was <laughs> it's it was fucking rough. hard, and and they just did it so well today. Like I just don't know what else to say. Like we, until we have City's talent, 
a team that shows up and plays like that's going to beat us. Like they just played the best fucking game of their life today. And we don't have that. Todd, you're on mute, but I feel like this is passionate. You'd be glad that I'm on mute. I fucking disagree with that entirely. That was absolute <laughs> horseshit. A team like that is not going to beat us until we spin like city. Fuck that. That's that's nonsense. We beat our fucking selves effect. in the last 10 minutes of that match. Truth be told, do you want to know what happened? What happened is we had that sunny goal go in. We lost Florcus because of the Borgia injury. It started pissing rain twice as hard as it was five minutes earlier. We lost focus, and we got fucking smacked in the mouth. That's what happened. Then Agreed. we have Stevie V get a fucking equalizer, pushing forward and having it ripped off the scoreboard by VAR. That's what happened. R- rightfully, by the way. I'm not saying, listen, it's, if you believe in VAR, that was rightfully stripped off of the board. I agree. <laughs> I did, it's not, but v, hold on, hold a second. VAR is not something to believe in or not believe in. It's yes, something it that is. we have. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's something that is currently being applied in a, applied in a way that you can either agree with or disagree with. I Hold on, are you, telling, are you telling me you don't think that Stephen Bergvine was offside? That's what you're asking me to say. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I fucking hate VAR. Okay, and without that's a VAR, the flag doesn't go up. Fair. That goal stands. That's my point. VAR should exist to make sure that rules are followed, not to draw minute lines across the television screen to decide when you're on and when you're off. My guy was in the air. His body was behind the defender. His head was behind the defender. The leg that he touched the ball with was behind the defender. But the way that they – anyway, it doesn't fucking matter. What matters cool. is by the letter of the law, he was offside. You're absolutely right. I'm not okay. disagreeing with that. What I am saying is that the rule for VAR in the Premier League, as it's currently being employed, is hot fucking garbage, and I don't like it. That's, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. fair. But the, the whole believing in VAR thing just threw me for a loop. I'm like, it's not a, it's not a religion. It's, 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 it's just, it's a thing. It is for some people, using. Andrew. It is for some people. <laughs> <laughs> no, I okay. Honestly. Agreed on the VAR piece with, with Todd. It's misused, whatever. Another podcast we can set aside for that conversation, right? I will also say, of course, my city comment has dramatic effect, right? Like, you can beat that team today without being city. My All I'm saying is Southampton played very, very well today. Like, they came and played a great yes. game of football, and they exacerbated our issues and our problems as a club. They exacerbated the tasks that Conte is faced with or the issues that he needs to find a solution to today. They exacerbated and took advantage of the fact that there was no skip or, or dire. Um, that's what happened today. Sure, we could have beaten them, but they made it very challenging to do that. And anytime you don't touch the ball for like 30 minutes at a time, like you can point to the individual errors for sure. But like we can't discount everything that didn't happen in the the span of time that we could not control possession period at all. Like we, from minutes, literally like 10 to 45, there was one team playing soccer and one team running around like fucking cones. Like people, you know, like he was, he was a traffic cone, blah, blah, blah. Like stupid, like comedian punditry, whatever. That's all I'm saying. Like they literally were just out there just taking up space and Southampton was playing soccer. And that is a huge part of why we lost today. Like no question. I, I fully agree. Look, guys, we've we've had our say kind of on this. Um, I want to give Shuban a chance to jump in because, like I mentioned earlier in the pod, uh, he sent us audio from long long ways away in the middle of the night. So let's get to Shuban's thoughts on this one right now. Um, we'll keep this brief. It's now ten to four, and 
I'm really, really tired. I made a post about Serge Aurier leaving and how we get rid of him and we ended up bringing in Emerson. Now, I'm not saying Serge, getting rid of Serge wasn't the right idea, but is that was Emerson the right answer? Well, look, he was brought into play as part of a 4-3-3, but it's a matter what position you play. You need to be better at picking up your markers, and we weren't. We weren't there for second balls. We weren't there, and just we were totally flat. This is probably the worst performance of the, you know, Conte era. And yeah, this is actually a lot worse for me, in my, in my opinion, than the games we had against Chelsea. I mean, Chelsea, we kind of knew we'd be up, you know, we'd be up Shit Creek. Here, Southampton are a decent side, and James Ward-Prowse, they've got a very good player, but we allowed him to be able to do what he did. Um, there are some positives, you know, Benson Court, he looks a cut above. Romero looks pretty solid. It's so, it's so shocking how much we miss Skip, though, when he's not around. You know, it's just his body positioning and what he does. And we feel, we, we just look so much more leaky and that and that, mid, that defense just has so much more pressure on it as a result of a lack of skip and bounce in our midfield. It's 4 a.m. But for me, I'm thinking going forward, yeah, we looked okay. Didn't look brilliant, and the VAR goal that for me it was, you know, I'll celebrate, I'll say anything that goes well for Spurs, but that happened against us. I've been pissed as hell. Again, Emerson possibly at fault or not. I'm not going to scapegoat the kid. He's 22, 23, he, you know, playing in a country where he doesn't speak the language. He's had his, what, second coach now, I think it is. Or third, yeah, I can't remember if we brought him in between Nuno and um, Antonio. So, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a transition period, and you're gonna have bad games. It's not the mistake that you make; it's what you do next that counts. We play Wolves on Saturday, Sunday. Um, I believe it's at home, so I'm hoping we can turn it around. So yeah, um, no matter where you are, please stay safe. And as always, come on, you spurs. Thanks again to Shuban for those comments. That's uh, really cool that he was able to to chime in uh, for us. And uh, again, he's been he's been on a trip for a while, so he has been hasn't been a regular on the pod of late. But um, we uh, we sure miss him and hope he's he's keeping safe and well. Uh, throughout his travels, seeing some family. Um, I, a couple things I just wanted to touch on before we get out of here, guys. I thought for, for, for our American viewers, ha- having to be subjected to watching um, uh, a, a replay of a China-Sweden curling match right up until kickoff of that match was really like kind of ridiculous from NBC. I get that I get that NBC is covering the Olympics um, and that those are a big deal. And if they were showing me a live event right up until kickoff, it'd be one thing. Show me a replay and not giving me even five to 10 minutes of like, hey, here's the lineups and pre-match coverage. Like, 
kind of shitty, kind of a shitty job by NBC slash USA Network or whatever the hell they're doing nowadays. And then to go right back to, um, you know, to 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 on tape tape delay Olympic coverage right afterward. Um, not to mention at one point they had a graphic on the screen that that referenced the Spurs, um, which is just, you know, like, what are we even doing out here? Like, come on, come on. Like, let's do it. Let's be a little bit better with our coverage. I know that I know NBC's really stretched out this week with, you know, Winter Olympics and Super Bowl coverage, but um, little little ridiculous on my part uh, for, 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 for my taste. Um, and then I also just wanted to mention um, the Antonio Conte confirmation that uh, Cudi Romero is going to be bought by Spurs on a permanent deal. Thank uh, God. At the, at the end of the summer. And, and I, I think we can all just kind of universally thumbs up and, and, and praise to that. Am I wrong? Not at all. Thank goodness. Yeah. I mean, that guy's that guy and, and Dak's been throwing uh, memes uh, throughout the week. The guy is legitimately a, a Rolls Royce defender and it must be said as often as possible. He, he was impressive yet again today, in my opinion. Yeah. And 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 by the way, C- Caroline mentioned today on Twitter uh, and, and we're going to have a women's segment from Caroline this weekend, I believe, or we're going to we're going to try to effort that because um, we need an update on the women's team. But um, Caroline mentioned that she wasn't sure where the, the term Rolls Royce Defender started. If any of our our British listeners want to want to clue us into that, I would like to I know like that, that as well. The other one I would like to know is um, Second Bite of the Cherry. Uh, I hear that referenced a lot. And and why is it not why is it not Second Bite of the Apple or something? Why is it a cherry that, that we're that we're referencing when we when can you get more than one bite out of a cherry? I don't even think. I, it's I, yeah, it's a I guess one of those bigger like plumper yeah, cherries maybe. Maybe, maybe but, cherries are bigger over there. I don't know. Yeah, this is this is um dumb American podcasters talk about dumb, you know, dumb American things and and use our big dumb American brains to try and figure out uh these these British phrases and slangs. Um so you know, if any of our British listeners want to clue us into to what the hell we don't know about any of that, uh that would be great. Um last thing before we get out of here, non-spurs related, I, I just want to know if you guys have because I think this is probably going to be one of the first last times we, we talked before the, the, the big game. I guess I can't even really technically it's the Super Bowl I'm talking about. Do you guys have any, any preference on, on, or, or, or pick for the Super Bowl this Sunday? Mm. I know Todd's like, probably doesn't care. His team won it last year. He's a Bucks fan. So like it's whatever for him, but you know, no, 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 no. Comment down, comment down. Okay. <laughs> when you've been a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan for as long as I have, like it, I'm still in euphoria from last year, but of like, I, I I cut my teeth on six and ten, sir. Like, this is this is uh, uh, <laughs> we're, uh, again, we're we're just appreciative that, that Tom Brady uh, bless us with his presence for a few years down there. Uh, I'd like to see Joe Burrow win, um, just because I like uh, it's hard not to root for that guy. But to be fair, this is a win-win for me because I think Matt Stafford is a really good dude and a really underrated quarterback and has been for a long time. So if he gets a ring, that'd be good stuff as well. Scott doesn't. Go Texans, Scott, baby. Scott's a Houston Texans fan, which um, we all know means that he has not paid attention to the NFL for a, uh, quite a few years now. Uh, it's been, it's been rough to, to all of my Canadian listeners, or our Canadian listeners, rather, my Canadian friends. <laughs> no, ju- they're just yours. They're just your Canadian listeners, apparently. <laughs> just mine. To all of those in Canada who listen to me, <laughs> we're about to get relegated to your shit league, the CFL, the Houston Texans are, if we're not careful, so... Andrew, I'm talking to you, big guy up there in fucking Vancouver. Fuck you. Cool, uh, come on, you Texans. And I, I love you, Andrew. He knows I'm joking. You know that Andrew doesn't listen to this pod. You know that damn, <laughs> you know that damn well. You know yeah. that he's never going to hear this. Um, Maybe I, on TikTok. 
<laughs> Todd, I Todd, I kind of I kind of side with you on the Super Bowl, despite being a Ravens fan, being originally from Baltimore, and the Bengals being a division rival. I'm kind of pulling for those guys. I think it would be kind of kind of nuts to see them win one. Um, I'm also uh, financially going to support the the Bengals, um, you know, through uh, through various sources. So uh, we'll we'll just put that on the record right now. And and if I lose, I lose. Uh, this was a fun one, guys. Um, you know, we'll be back at the weekend to talk Wolves. We we didn't really look ahead at all, but. It is Wolves at the weekend, if I'm not mistaken, at home on Sunday. Uh, and then Spurs get a, a whole six days before they get to travel to face Manchester City, which uh, should be fun. That team is uh, rolling. So uh, focus on Wolves first and and, and and see what comes after. But um, Wolves at the weekend, and we'll be back on Sunday to talk about it before that Super Bowl, uh, which we will, uh, I'm sure, all be you know gearing up to watch in some way or another. Um, but this was a good one, guys. Uh, for, for Todd, he is at TC underscore Kasho. Uh, Scott is at DSM Spurs. Shuban is at The Real Shuban. And I have been your host, Andrew. I am at ASETGA. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on TikTok at Tottenham Depot. Uh, until the weekend when we come at you again, as always, come on, you Spurs. Thank you so much for stopping by the Tottenham Depot. Thanks to Scott Bird for our intro music, as well as the tunes you are hearing right now. Thanks to Dakota Booth for our artwork. Thank you as well to our spouses who put up with our obsession with this football club and for all that they do. And thanks to you, the listener, who really makes this happen. Supporters make this club, and you, the listener, are what make this podcast possible. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Tottenham Depot, and as always, come on, you Spurs. <laughs>